Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. your first time here today. We hope that you have an amazing service. And for those who are very aware, we've been in the month of series, Miracles Are Normal. And uh, last weekend, greatest weekend in the church calendar, I believe, is that of Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, we had 13 people here at uh, 13? 14 here at City Location Baptized. And over all our locations, we had 33 baptisms take place over the weekend. Incredible. People have come to faith. Come on. And made a decision to follow Jesus in his footsteps. And there is no greater joy than being a part of a series called Miracles Are Normal and celebrating that with the miracle of salvation and water baptism. It's amazing. And uh, if you haven't been baptized, see our team. We'd love to get you through that process as a part of a public declaration of your faith and belief in Jesus. But you know, Miracles Are Normal start at salvation. But there is so much more that God wants to do. And Pastor Corey has so brilliantly unpacked Miracles Are Normal over this month along with the team. And today I get to finish our series in this space, Miracles Are Normal Through You. Miracles Are Normal Through You. And it's easy for us to kind of hear that statement and think to ourselves, yeah, Miracles Are Normal And I can kind of get excited about that when we see a miracle take place at the altar or we can kind of get excited about it when we hear it through somebody else, but we don't often apply it to ourselves. And today, maybe you hear miracles are normal and you're like, well, maybe, maybe you've had some disappointment or some devastation in a space. Maybe you just quite haven't got your breakthrough yet. Or maybe you think that it's for a special tactics group of people, that miracles are normal. I believe that today God wants you to know that miracles are normal through you. And with that, we're going to turn to the passage of Scripture in which our kingdom culture value is founded on. In Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through to 12. So why don't you join with me? It's on the screens. If you've got a Bible, open it up. I love an old-fashioned Bible, get it, highlight it, take notes, write in it, let the Lord speak to you through it. I believe today's word is going to change your life. So let's with that read. So when they had come together, the disciples, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, everyone say but, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. What I'd give to be there on that day. That would have been amazing. And while they were gazing into heaven, he went and behold, two men stood beside them in white robes. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? 
This Jesus, the one who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that, he, that you saw him go into heaven. Verse 12, they returned to Jerusalem as a result, and they went into the upper room to pray. Now, many of us know that following Easter weekend, this story follows. And what follows this is Pentecost, which we'll celebrate in June. But I'm telling you, there is more that God wants to do. And maybe you're sitting here in this service and you're a bit like the disciples. You're kind of like, what happened? Where'd he go? Uh, he was here a moment ago and, and Jesus makes his statement to them. He says to them, it's not for you to know the kingdom. So they were thinking Jesus resurrected from the dead. Okay, now the kingdom of God is about to be established here on the earth. It has been said, it has been done. He died, he resurrected, and we are on to this new kingdom thing that he's gonna be doing. And then all of a sudden, he just is taken out of their sight after he tells them that they'll receive power to be these witnesses. And they're standing there staring. They're like, uh, uh, yep. Now, I go to a gym. I love to work out. I work out six days a week. It's in Hawthorne. I come in before I go to work. I come in after I've gone to work. And I love working out at this gym. It's a group-based heart race training group. And it's incredible. And every time we get together for a class, the gym trainer, will coach, will actually tell us what's going to happen in the class. And then when we move to certain stations, he tells the class what's going to happen. There'll often be 12 of us around the weight floor. And he will give to us the instructions about what is to come. Now, everyone lists a different weight. So what you bench, I can't bench. What someone else can squat, I can't squat. And so they'll tell you, according to the workout, what you know, sort of weight that you're meant to be carrying. And they'll come around and fix your form and encourage you and just show you what you need to be doing and correct and, you know, just work you all out. Now, I know you're all thinking, that's great, Cherie, that's awesome. We didn't really need to know about your gym life. But I'm telling you this, he will often get to that class and he will tell everyone what's going on and he'll have said it and I'll be standing there going, and he'll be like, we're going to start in 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh, hang on a sec. Uh, what did he say? I, I totally, I, I, my brain just wasn't turned on. You know, I believe that many of us come to church like that. We hear with our ears, but we don't let it sink beyond our head into our heart 20 inches, and we walk out of here unchanged. I believe that God wants to say to you today that miracles are normal through you. Not through the special tactics team, not through the pastors, not just through those areas of people that do that ministry, through you. It's one thing to hear miracles are normal for a whole month and have some profound teaching, but it's another thing to go, how does this apply to me? What does this look like through my life? And I believe in this moment, as the disciples were standing before uh, Jesus as He has departed, they've just heard Him say, you will receive power to be my witnesses. They're hearing it, but they're not hearing it. And they're standing there looking up into the sky being like, well, He said He was coming back. Many of us Christians do that. We check in, we check out, we go, we, we do our thing, church, go to work, come home. Maybe if you're a good Christian family, you've got your kids and you've got them in a Christian school and all hats off to you and you do the professional Christian thing. But you've missed what it is that God actually wants to say and do through you and you're standing there like, oh, he's coming back one day. And this is the wonder of heaven that God has left us with the Great Commission. Look at the person you just looked at earlier. Turn around, take a look at them. 
Jesus left the Great Commission to them, to you and to me. If I'm thinking of a strategy to take over the world, I'm not just looking for everyday believers. I'd be looking for somebody a little more qualified. No offence, but I know me. (laughs) So therefore, I assume that you're just like me. And I sit back and I go, how is it possible that Jesus could rise from the dead and then just disappear out of the sight and say, hey, hats off to you. Power is yours. Go make disciples. All right, maybe I'm in the wrong building, but... I'm reading this and I'm absolutely astounded at the goodness of God. But maybe you're here today and you're just like those disciples and you need a spiritual intervention where two angels rock up and be like, hey, what you doing? (laughs) Staring in the sky. There's a whole world out there to win. Go and make disciples. Go and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. But don't do it in your own strength. Go with the power that I am giving to you. To you. Not to the elite. To you. Maybe you need that intervention today. Maybe you need provoking. Maybe you need encouraging. Maybe you need to have a sense of hope brought back in where devastation has hit. I don't know what it is, but you need to know that miracles are normal and miracles are normal through you. The word power in the Strong's, actually it's the word interpreted dunamis, which is like dynamite. And Pastor Corey unpacked this, you can catch that message, but it literally means power for performing miracles. The Strong's breaks it down and says, especially miraculous power, the ability or abundance of, meaning mighty worker of miracles, power and strength. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, mighty worker of miracles. All right, that's confronting. (laughs) Especially if you're not seeing it in your everyday life as a reality. I could tell you I'm a pro athlete, but if I'm not seeing the fruit of it. It's a challenging thing when you contemplate this idea that miracles are normal, but miracles are normal through you. Through you. It says that he said he would receive, we would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us and that we, you, would be his witnesses. And witness is simply someone in a legal sense who has seen something or heard something and they speak of what they have seen and heard. So literally it means this, power to perform miracles, to speak as a witness of what you've seen and heard. Now, Going back on March 13th, I think it was, my, uh, we had someone contact us and say to us, hey, could you pray for the brother-in-law of our friend here because he's literally had a tree fall on him. He had six, um, five broken verte- uh, fractured vertebrae, one broken, completely broken vertebrae that required surgery. He had a punctured lung. He had a fractured skull, a fractured cheekbone, a... Um, oh, anyway, a list of things. And when they picked him up at the bottom of the tree after they moved the tree off him, he was unable to feel his feet. They reached out and said, could you please pray for Travis? He is in an accident. His son has seen it. And he, there is not much chance he's going to come out of this as a walking human. 
if he's going to be functional. Fractured cranium, the whole deal. Fractured shoulder, fractured collarbone, like broken, like come through. Like it was hectic. I kid you not, not even nine days later after we prayed for him in our prayer power services, Pastor Jade so brilliant led us in. I'm telling you, he was up and walking. I've got video on my phone. The first day he's walking on a frame, the next day he's walking unassisted without a frame and he is a walking, talking miracle. Miracles are normal. Miracles are normal. It is normal for you to eat food every day. Miracles are normal. As it is normal for you to get up and walk and take a breath, Ah, catch that. As it is normal for you to take a breath, so are miracles normal. You don't think about breathing. Why do we think about miracles not being normal? Miracles are normal. Mark 16, verses 15 to 20. I want to read you this because this is the account before Jesus ascended. Dove tails in so beautifully and it says this in verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will, everyone say will. It is the expression of the inevitable. Accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink of any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is the paradigm that the disciples have been told by Jesus. And Jesus then goes on and said, Then as the Lord Jesus, after He'd spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Now, we've just read the portion that fills that gap. Disciples are there, they're watching, angels intervene. But this is what is following. And they went out and they preached, which doesn't mean to stand up here with a pulpit and a Bible and preach, means to literally go and tell of the good works that Jesus has done, and they did it everywhere. Not just in church, not just in the temple, everywhere. And while the Lord, catch this, worked with them. Miracles are normal through you. The Lord wants to work with you. Capture that creator of heaven and earth wants to walk at work through you. He wants to walk with you too. He wants to work through you. And confirm the message, the good news that they were sharing about Jesus by the accompanying signs. They cast out demons. They healed the sick. They raised the dead. Miracles are normal. And nothing has changed. Miracles are normal. So why not now? Why not through you? Why not now and why not through you? See, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna break it down like really 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 practical and simple because I I love I love it when 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 God just takes something and just it blows your mind with the practical. Because I need you to know that I am just like you and you are just like me. We are fully human. We have been awakened to a relationship with God when our spirit came to life, when we had the recognition that Jesus came, He lived, He died and rose again for our sin and new life was formed in us. We were dead in our sin, but God. And the paradigm and understanding that we are simple human beings who love Jesus and make ourselves available to Him. And so why not miracles? Why not miracles through you? And why not now? See, what is this? It's a light. It's a pretty good looking light. Does anyone want this? Take it home? I do, but you can't have it. Um, it's a beautiful light. It's industrial. I love industrial things. And I would love this light in my house. It's perfect. It's such a good-looking light. But see, the problem is, many of us look at a light like this and we go, isn't it beautiful? It's wonderful. But is it still a light? Now? It's still a light. It's still good-looking. It's still beautiful. It's still attractive. And many of us are like this light. We've got our wife worked out. We've come to church on a weekend. We've got our kids locked into a Christian school. We go to our job. We've just got our traditional kind of things. We come to Christmas. We come to Easter. The Bible says that you are the light of the world. And it's still a light. And the problem is, when darkness hits, it ceases to be effective. It fails to do what it was designed to do because it's not plugged into the source. Catch this. You are the light of the world, but you're no good if you're not plugged into power. You're no good if you're not plugged into power. And too many of us are walking around like everyday Christians and when crap, whoops, sorry, when bad things go down in people's lives, <laughs> when bad things go down in people's lives and darkness hits, they're looking to you and you're a great looking professional Christian, but you got no power. Got no power. And it's not until you plug into the source that you become effective. And this is the thing. You were designed not to be a professional Christian, but you were designed to be a power-filled Christian. This is the whole intent. This is His whole purpose. That when darkness would hit situations in people's lives, that you would be the light, that you would be the source of power. You're not called to be a professional Christian. You're called to be a power-filled Christian. And what you need is a power encounter with the living God to fire you up, not to hype you up. Hear me. I don't care about hype. 
But you need a power encounter to light you up, to fire you up. Because light is useless unless it's plugged in. Now, the beauty of this is that in this passage of Scripture, we lean literally over a few verses into the next chapter. You won't see this one on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. It's profound. Because they returned to Jerusalem and they went into the upper room. In the upper room, what did they find? Power. Let me help you out. They found power. It says this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together. The disciples and the believers were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And it divided as tongues of fire appeared on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Tongues of fire appear on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we live in a modern day age. We plug into the source and a light will turn on. That's pretty cool. But the disciples, what they lived with was a fire on a torch. So when literally in this word, where it says that tongues of fire came and fell on each one of them. It was like God lit them up and power came upon them. And you see a complete and utter change and transition in them because of it. See, it's for all. It's not for the isolated few. There were 120 gathered in that room and it says that they were all filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, that they all had tongues of fire on their head. It is not for the select, elect few. It is not for the special tactics team or the ones who are paid by the church to be able to do the ministry. No, 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 no. Miracles are normal through you. Miracles are normal through you. And see, when you have a power encounter with God, it's a statement. Miracles are normal. But when you don't have a power encounter with God and you're not plugged into the source, you end up asking questions like, are miracles normal? And you switch the sentence around and it's never the way that it was designed to be. The question isn't, are miracles normal? The question is for you, are you plugged in? Are you plugged in? Because I believe that it's God's intent that every single one of us would be a light. And when darkness hits, that we would light up the darkness. That there would be a source of power that people could come to. When they need a miracle in their family, when they need a miracle in their finance, when they need to see someone raised from the dead, when they need to see someone's body healed of a disease, that the miracles would be normal in and through you. See, I am realistic. I expect miracles. I expect miracles. I expect that things are going to break out and people are going to be made healed and whole. Acts chapter 3 goes on and literally after they've just had an encounter with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, they walk out and they're on their way to church. They're on their way to the temple. They're just on their way. Where are you on the way into that God wants to do an intervention in and bring heaven to earth? Because more than ever, I believe it's on our way where God wants to do the miraculous. 
I can't tell you how many times where I have seen the power and the presence of God manifested in a moment when I was on my way and interrupted with an intervention from heaven. See, they didn't have any guarantee that anything was going to happen. They walked out of that moment, had a power encounter, knew that they had to share the message of the good news of Jesus with other people. So they just, they went out and on their way, they just happened to stumble across a guy who had lame feet, who was sitting at the front and they were like, well, we've seen it done before and uh, Jesus said greater works than these you do, so uh, let's uh, have a crack, shall we? Hey, I don't have any silver, but um, in the name of Jesus, why don't you stand up and walk? And miracles break out. The greatest miracle of all follows that, where 3,000 are added to the church as a result of seeing this man jumping and praising and leaping over the miracle that took place in his life. What is it around you? What are the people around you? What is the circumstance, the situation, the sphere of influence that you have where something needs to shift and to change? It's not about you bringing them to church so they can get prayer and someone can pray for them and lay hands on them and, and they be No, no, no. You. Miracles are normal through you. God wants to use you. It's not a magical formula. In the name of Jesus, he brings health, healing, wholeness. It's in that space. It's in his name. It's not about you and me. It's about him. It's about his name. And see, this is the thing. I, my, the, the guy, Travis, who got healed, incredible, incredible. Less than nine days later, he was up walking and talking and fully functioning. I've literally seen it where I've prayed in situations where another woman came forward. She tried to get pregnant with her husband for like a decade, didn't get anywhere. Tried five rounds of IVF and was on the last round and it wasn't going to happen for her. At her 30th birthday, she's standing there telling me this story with tears in her eyes. And I just said, hey, can I pray for you? And she was like, yeah, sure. Now she's probably expecting me to walk away, go to my little prayer closet. Dear Jesus, please let my friend fall pregnant. Amen. But I just stood there in that moment. I said, God, and and in the middle of a 30th birthday party, eyes wide open in the middle of a conversation, I said, Jesus, I thank you for it. Thank you that you love her and that you want to bless her. I thank you, God, that this womb will be fruitful in Jesus' name. Open up. Walked away. Five weeks later, she calls me back and says, hey, you'll never believe it. I fell pregnant. I'm telling you, I'm realistic and I expect miracles. I expect miracles. And you know, I'm going to say it, that maybe you're here today and you are massively devastated by an experience where miracle didn't happen. Or maybe you're frustrated by the fact that you haven't seen a breakthrough and you've been praying for a miracle year in, year out. Can I tell you, I feel you. When I was 16, my cousin at the age of four who had a disease that was basically a a dysfunction in his body from the very birth canal, he had what they call smooth brain, literally meant that he was an existing being, but he could not walk, he could not talk, he could not speak, he could not eat, he couldn't do anything. I went to stay with my auntie and uncle for a season while my parents were selling a house in order to to move to the country where my health was better. And I live with my auntie and uncle and I believed that God was going to do miracles. I was the kid who believed. I believed that God was going to, you know, clear the clouds out of the sky so I could go on the slippery slide. It would be warm enough and it wasn't going to rain. I was a kid that believed when I was in hospital with asthma that God would actually do a miracle in someone else and take a brain tumor out of their head. I believed that God would remove cystic fibrosis from lungs as I was in the hospital ward and I just laid hands on anything that I could see. 
Because I just took God at his word when it said that we would do even greater signs than these. I just took it in his word. It was like, all right, I'll pray for anything. And I started praying. I was like literally seeing God move in crazy ways. I was reading books on Smith Wigglesworth when I was 14 and Catherine Kuhlman and a whole number of other people who had great, mighty miracles taking place through their life. And I was like, God, you've done it before. You're doing it again. I believe you can do it again for my cousin. At the age of four, I got a phone call. I never forget it. I was home from school because I had a crook neck. You know, when you get those ones where you can't move? And I was on the couch and I couldn't move my neck. My mum got a call and she came in to see me and she was like, Shri, I just need to let you know that your cousin passed away this morning. And it devastated me. Because I was like, God, you're a God of miracles and I believe that this is going to be the greatest miracle of all. What if he got up and walked? What if he got up and talked? What if he got up and ate without having a tube in his stomach? What if he got up and it was the miracle of miracles that would lead a multitude to come to know Jesus? And devastation filled my heart as a 16-year-old. And I can only tell you that in that moment, I know even now what you're going through if you're in disappointment, if you're in devastation, or if you need even encouragement because you're praying for a miracle and a breakthrough. I don't necessarily understand why. And I walked around angry at God for two years. I couldn't walk away from Him because I knew the reality of Him. I knew who He was, but I was angry. And in the midst of all of that, God came in and He ministered to my heart and restored to me an expectation that God was still sovereign, that God was still good, and that He would do what He said He was going to do. I sat at that graveside at the day of his burial and I was believing that God was going to raise him from the dead. I had a faith that was just beyond even words could understand. People thought I was absolutely crazy. Some might still do, but that's okay. God saw it. And in that moment, I was devastated. And then five years after that, God ministered to me and brought me to a place where he was like, I'm with you and I'm for you. And I didn't understand it. I still don't. I still have questions around it. But God did something. And then in 2014, I was on my way back. I'd been in ministry for 11 years. I was preaching and teaching and traveling. I just finished a ministry opportunity up in Aubrey-Wodonga, preaching in a church, seeing salvation happen, seeing people getting prayed for, healed. And I saw stuff breaking out. It was amazing. I was on my way home and God said to me, I want you to stop in to the graveside, my cousin's grave. I was like, there's no point going there. He's not there. He's in heaven. What are we doing that for? Now, okay, I'm just like you. I have conversations with God. Sometimes they don't make sense. So we have to have a conversation and nut it out. Yeah? Give this money. No, oh, well, God. Blah, blah. <laughs> All I can say to you is just do what he says to do. Um, I stopped in at the, at the graveside. Now, this is 20 years later, after my cousin's death. I've been in ministry for 11 years. Continued to walk faithfully with God, never walked away from Him. Didn't fully understand. As I walked into the graveside, I sat there. And the Holy Spirit said to me, He said, Cherie, when we buried, hear me, when we, He was there with me. When we buried your cousin, you buried your faith. And I was like, whoa, what? No, I'm like preaching. I'm sharing Jesus. I believe he could do Like, God's like, no, no, you buried your faith. And I bawled. I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. I was like, God, I, I know you can do it. I don't understand. I know you can do it. And I don't understand. And there was this tension going on in my soul. 
I'd pray for someone. I'd be like, God, I think you can do a miracle. I believe that you can do a miracle. And in my heart, I'm going, I know you can, but do you want to? Maybe you're here today and you're saying that exact same thing. Yeah, Sheree, you're telling me miracles are normal through me. And I know he can, but would he want to? You need to know today, he wants to move in and through your life. God restored to me my faith. I picked it up. And since then, I've seen miracle after miracle from people being barren and, and, and becoming pregnant to people being healed. I walked into a cafe one time and I'm just like you. I have good days and bad days, good Christian days, bad Christian days. I walked into a cafe, which typically was a bad Christian day. I sat there. I ignored the cafe lady that was, that was serving me. And in ignoring her, I was just absorbed in my conversation. I, you've all been there. You, okay, maybe not. But I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm literally absorbed in this conversation. I'm processing some stuff. And then after this conversation is finished, literally my friend gets up, goes to the bathroom. The Holy Spirit says to me, you need to pray for that girl. I was like, God. I haven't even been a good Christian. I haven't even been nice. I haven't even acknowledged it. Now, normally I love to make people feel valued. I love to serve people. I love to make people sure that they know that they're there and that their presence matters. And, and I, I try my best in these moments, but I'm like you, have days where I fail. And this day I particularly failed. And God's like, I want you to go lay hands on her and pray for her. I was like, no. Could have picked a better day for it. Like, come on, that's not fair. And I walk up to the counter and I start to settle the bill and the lady is sitting there and I'm like, God, this is not fair. And I just said, hey, look, thank you so much for serving us. You know, um, clearly didn't get a chance to chat, but, you know, just I just noticed what's happened to your hand, this, this tape on your wrist. And she says to me, oh, I've been to, a, you know, specialists. I've been to physios. I've been to all these people and I've, I, I have to have it taped every time I work. I said, well, what, what's that about? And she said, I can't hold plates. I, can't, I literally can't hold the pressure and so need the, the, the taping on my wrist. And I was like, that's crazy. And she's like, yeah, they've just said there's nothing else that can, they can do. I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, this might sound crazy. You probably all think I'm crazy. But like, I literally said to her, I said, it might sound crazy. I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus loves you. I believe that he has a plan for your life. I believe that he can heal. Would you mind if I prayed for you? She's like, oh, nah, go for it. Now, it wasn't one of those go away, pray in the quiet. It was like, in the moment. I just said, do you mind if I put my hand on your hand? She's like, nah, go for it. So I put my hand on her hand and I just prayed, Jesus, I thank you that you love her. I think you have a purpose and plan for your life. And I thank you, God, that you can demonstrate your love for her through bringing healing to this rest. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, healing. Literally. Walked out of that moment, finished off the conversation. She wasn't going, wow, amazing. Like, no. And I was like, hey, finished the conversation, talked a bit more about her and her mom and da-da-da-da, and she was here and blah-blah-blah and COVID and da-da-da. And I was like, oh, great. Came back two weeks later. And you know those days where you're like, all right, God, I'm on. Let's go. Let's see what we can find. I'm rocking up to this cafe different. <laughs> Jesus just brings this woman across my path, the same one. And uh, she goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you're that lady, you're the one. What you did worked, it worked. Like my wrist, it worked. She goes, me and my mum have been talking about it, we can't, we can't believe it. Like it's been like this for years and what you did worked. And I was like, hang on, hang on, it's not what I did, it's Jesus. 
He loves you. He has a purpose and plan for your life. I was ready to lay out the gospel message. I was ready to lead her to the Lord. And then she had to go back to the cafe machine because it got busy and it was crazy. And, and I missed my moment. I was like, oh, Lord. But literally, I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle break out because miracles are normal and he wants to do them through you. It's no different from me to you being in a cafe and that moment happening in the petrol station that you're in, the home that you're placed in, the workplace that you're in. God wants to move in and through you. And your level of expectation will determine the reality of your experience. i to say it again. The level of your expectation will determine the reality of your experience. Power flows through anything that is plugged in. So you need to manage your expectations or they will manage you. Just quickly, three things you can do. Plug into the power. Don't settle. This whole miracles are normal normal for everybody who's hungry for it. Don't settle for a religious life of coming in, checking in, checking out. Got my kids, they go to a Christian school, I'm happy. I've got my career, I've got my husband, I've got my dream partner. Don't settle because there's so much more that God wants to do through you. Plug into his source because light is useless unless it's plugged in. Mary and Martha, don't have time to go into it. Mary and Martha faced with an absolute grief, despair moment. Lazarus, their brother is dead. And literally, they were like, Jesus, where were you? If you had been here, he would have been alive. And one of them, Martha, turns to Jesus and said, but I know that if I ask of you, I will have from the Father what I've asked. And she literally has faith to believe. And yet Mary comes to Jesus. She actually stayed at home while Martha ran out. But Mary, eventually Jesus comes to Mary and Mary says, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. I don't have time to unpack the story. But the place that Jesus met her at was no different to the place of the woman with faith. He met her in a grief and it says that he actually wept. He didn't weep because he wasn't about to do a miracle. He didn't know he was about to do a miracle. He knew what was to come. But he actually sat in the suffering and the grief. I don't know where you're at today, but you need to know that God is with you. He has seen it all. He knows it all. And in your grief, he is right there with you. And if you're holding on for a miracle, I believe miracles are normal. I believe that miracles are normal through you. And I believe that if you boldly obey and you take the opportunities that are in front of you, you will see God do miracles through your life. Obedience is an act of faith. Disobedience is a result of unbelief. Obedience is an act of faith and disobedience is a result of unbelief. I challenge you with this, Romans 1.16, don't be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power unto salvation. Expect signs and wonders. Expect to see them demonstrated through your life because miracles can happen in an atmosphere of expectation. Expect that this expectation is a place and a breeding ground for miracles. Paul says, I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words, but I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.